0: hello everybody and welcome to this special episode of help i'm an adult podcast today i'm sitting down with two of my friends to discuss safety in particular women's safety we're here to give you some tips on being safe when you're out and about as women and also tips for guys on how you can actually play a part in making the women around you feel safe so um i hope you enjoy the conversation and you learn a thing or two thank you Hi Emma hi Gio how are you guys doing hope everybody's fine
1: yeah kid, thanks how you doing Sharon
0: yeah chilling living life good
2: Co- yeah so I'm very comfortable looking comfy yeah, yeah love that yeah I'm all good too thank you good, good
1: so I guess um I'll start kind of with the um the reason for this episode. Um, Like Sharon says, she's um, kindly invited us to be part of her lovely podcast. Um, And I thought it was a really important topic, um, women's safety, uh, in light of everything going on. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm sure everyone listening to this knows. um, But for those of you who, by chance, haven't seen this story. um, So Sarah was um, walking home at about 9 p.m. on a Wednesday on the 3rd of March um, from a friend's house near Clapham Common. She was kidnapped by an active police officer um, and then ultimately uh, murdered um, on the, uh, and then she was confirmed dead on the 12th of March. Um, So it's a really kind of um, shocking story, um, not only because of what happened to Sarah, but Also shocking by the fact that he's an, you know, an active Met officer and he was accused of exposing himself to women uh, on two occasions um, at a South London fast food restaurant three days before her disappearance um, and was under investigation at the time by the Met, but still had enough kind of freedom to, to, to take Sarah from the streets. So, yeah, it's a really, really, um, kind of shocking story and it's um yeah the reason we're talking today yeah and then have you seen um many stories at all about what kind of happened at her vigil at Clapham Common have you had a look at those?
0: I've not yeah I haven't yeah but I've I've seen images I've seen like Instagram posts and people Uh about what happened this this just crossed my mind thinking out loud um, if in that, in a that situation like that the officers, if you're saying okay you still want the police to be present do you mm. think you just have deployed female police officers, would that have made a difference?
2: Maybe to be honest, I feel like yes, in a way yes because obviously as women only we understand what us women go through on a daily basis with men mm. so for that reason I, I would say yes But then that shouldn't even be, I don't even think that should be a question. If you're a police woman or a police man, you shouldn't, there just should be no violence at a peaceful vigil. People are trying to pay their respects. Like you said, Emma, come together, you know, Mm. pay their respects and be united. And the last thing that any, the last thing any of us or anyone that that vigil any woman, or anyone needs is violence and aggressiveness. You know, yeah. Um, it's been a hard. It's a hard time for every woman. Everyone knows. Everyone feels that. So it's the last thing that anyone needs. I just I can't get over the how disrespectful that is. I just can't get mm. my head around it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And I know I've spoken to you both about this um, when we had a chat last week. Um, but there is an app um, called Nextdoor which is I think it does have spaces outside London but it's predominantly I think the London sort of community and there was someone on there who had posted about her experience of her being at the vigil and she was saying how when she was there there was a man who was drunk disorderly and he exposed himself to her at that vigil and so she went to the officer's on the common, because there were loads of them, and said, you know, this man's made me feel really uncomfortable, he's drunk, he's exposed himself, can someone please come with me mm-hmm. and and deal with this? Which is, you know, what the, what the police's job is. And a police officer, a female police officer was gonna go with her and sort of try and get the man to move on. Um, but a male police officer stopped her and said, Um, we're not dealing with any more of these rioters tonight, leave it, we're not going to deal with the situation. And I think that is even more shocking than Mm -hmm. the arrest of women, that this, you know, parallel has happened with the the guy that's murdered, Sarah. He's exposed Mm -hmm. himself to women and he's been investigated, but nothing's really been done. And then this same thing happens and the police stand by and do nothing, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. And it just shows that things like this, when they are more minor incidents mm-hmm. in comparison to something yeah. as you know, as heavy as as rape or murder, it's not taken seriously and it's and it's not dealt with. And it just continues yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, I was thinking so in that in a situation outside
0: of the vigil was going on, if somebody was walking down the street, that has just happened to her. Minors outside of the vigil, outside of the riot and you see a police officers or police officers down the road you think oh great i can report this
1: yeah
0: I just it, in my mind i'm like so would he still not have gone to help if it was outside of that situation mm-hmm. cuz he literally blamed the fact that there were people there individual the and he didn't want to deal with the people he did not like yeah. he, wanted, he didn't say he wanted he didn't want to deal with the man who just exposed himself it was mm. he didn't want to deal with rioters which again not they were not rioters but you know what I mean and that just just like so you're not dealing with the fact that a woman does not feel safe because a man is just basically sexually assaulted because no one requested that and you're just Mm -hmm. like "Eh, nah like it just blows my mind that that's something that somebody would a police officer would say to such a behavior
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's nuts this is the problem isn't it because this is how it it then will escalate to these men raping and murdering women Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: it's kind of like there's there's a line and Mm. when you and well well, there's many lines but when you step over the first line for the first time say you know you're a guy in a club and you like touch a, a girl's ass or you touch some some other part of her, and you stepped mm-hmm. over that line. Then it's so much easier to then go over that line again, and then do the next thing, and then the next thing. And it's like these stages, yeah. um, and, and that it progress, like you say, it, it progresses and gets worse mm-hmm. because it's not stopped at the mm-hmm. first stage where it should be, and these things shouldn't be happening even at the you know what you would consider more yeah. minor things.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed.
2: Yeah. yeah, but
0: again, at the end of the day, I do think. It even needs to be stopped before it gets to that point. And I think yeah. this is where guys need to talk to their guy friends and guys need to have this conversation amongst themselves. And when you when that guy when you're sitting there bantering about whatever it is you banter about and women mm-hmm. and stuff, and you notice that there's just that one friend who's always going a little bit too far in what mm-hmm. he's saying, that's where you need to like nip it in the bud and just be like, what up, yeah. mate. Like Let's not, don't get Mm -hmm. carried away. Are you okay? Is there anything, like, let's talk him off that ledge because talking to action at the end of the day.
2: Yeah.
0: I feel like because men just, they're just like, oh, it's just banter. It's lads. The lads are chatting. And I'm like... (laughs) You can't blame it all on that When he's accused of rape, or he's accused of sexual assault or something, you could be like, oh, but I didn't know. He's like, yes, you did, because he was saying that in that conversation, and y'all did not, like, shut him down. You're going to place. So.
2: Yeah. Just, yeah, and to touch on that, obviously, obviously it must be an uncomfortable thing for them to do, to call their friends out. But then at the same time, like you said, Sharon, if they if they don't call them out and then they end up you know doing something like raping or you know murdering someone or or you never know or sexually assaulting anything then that kind of will fall on them because they didn't call their friends out if they saw signs of that, you know. Yeah. So there needs to be more definitely I feel like men need to be more aware and maybe educate educate themselves or be more educated on how yeah. to pick up, out their signs and the, the guys that they know mm. Um, mm. So, yeah.
1: yeah yeah I think there's, there's a lot that could be done to kind of you know nip it in the bud even mm-hmm. when they're younger and I don't see I remember when we were at school I remember having um talks about bullying at school but I never really remember having talked about harassment at that okay. age. And like, you know, it's like you say, like when you're about 13, 14, 15, that's when there's like a bit of lad culture and you know, you you sort of you 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 do throw away comments like, oh, you know, she's a five out of ten, she's a six out of ten, and and that's like a really unhelpful culture that happens Mm -hmm. in those environments because when your kid leaves the home and goes to school, that place is responsible for their behavior. So if they're not holding, you know, lessons like that on harassment, then these things go unnoticed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably worse than in like an all-boys school where Mm -hmm. you haven't got the other sex there. And then when they come out of that school, they don't know how to talk to women and all of these sort of bad behaviours and, and cultures that are built up in that environment then transition into that those public spaces when they become adults.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I definitely think, like, I, honestly, you just made... Like, you saying that just made me think back to school. And I don't mm-hmm. even remember actually having anything, really, any talks about harassment or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there were definitely a lot about bullying... Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, but when you think back now, it's just like mind blowing because that should surely just be like a normal thing and that you, you know, to be on the curriculum mm. in schools. Yeah. So it's just shocking, isn't it, that we never even had that growing up? It's just, it's crazy. No. Yeah. And
1: I feel like probably for kids nowadays, it's even more important because of social media and the access mm. to the internet that even like we like it, we had it kind of as kids but you know you, you still had like a flip phone when you were about 12 or 13 whereas now yeah. they've got you know iPhones the internet is so accessible and um that that, that is the problem for for you know, young young boys growing up who can access so many different things and then without the other mm-hmm. sort of lessons alongside that, then you know that 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 can feed into the, the banter even even more really yeah and i think the the hashtag going around not all men is really unhelpful that because is- we we know it's not all men so, like we have fr- friends you know our siblings that are, i never think in a million years would would do like that yeah. but it's enough men that mm-hmm. these things are happening on a is regular cool? on a daily basis mm-hmm. and i sort of looked i looked into it And it was kind of shocking. So just in the year from last March to, oh, sorry, from March 2019 to March 2020, the Office for National Statistics estimated um, that nine, uh, sorry, 4.9 million women had been victims of sexual assault in their lives. And this included 1.4 million who had been raped or had faced uh, attempted rape. And this is in a year,
2: in a year. In a year.
1: Hmm. That that data has been collected in that year, but I just think that that's that's shocking. And then there was another statistic on um, convictions around rape. So. They said there was 59,000 rates reported to the police last year, and that obviously doesn't include the ones that weren't reported. Yeah, yeah. And of that, only 1,439 people were actually convicted. So if you think about that number in comparison to that, it's just it's like, the, crazy. The
0: calculator and everything, like what percent? Yeah. You <laughs> Sharon, you're the math person. <laughs> but yeah, it's just crazy. 2.5%. Which is sad. 2.5%. Get convicted.
1: 2.5%. Mm-hmm. 25 So that's nothing, really. Literally no one. Nothing. <laughs> literally, yeah. That's literally literally
2: nothing. nothing. Oh, wow. So, so that's the problem, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. So I know one of the things we wanted to do was um, talk about kind of advice we would give to mm. other women. Mm. Um So what what have you both done to sort of protect yourself? Because I know this is something us girls, we, you know, this is something we're constantly thinking about. It's not just, you know, on the off chance, you know, I walk home. Oh yeah, that's fine. We're always thinking about, okay, well, what do I need to do if I'm going to get from A to B? Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So for me in like the uni days and all of that, even, because I barely walk now, I drive everywhere. So I don't think about it <laughs> a lot now. But when I used to walk a lot, which was my uni days, going, if I know I was leaving like uni campus late or something, I was walking back. I always had mm-hmm. obviously the keys in hand. So like I, I always had that ready to go. If it was I was coming back from like going out with my friends, I always deliberately would accessorize with some nice rings that had extra bits on the top if you get money. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's basically it. Obviously, when I'm walking, I'm somebody who likes to listen to music when I walk, but obviously at nighttime I don't I don't do that. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I'm always like headphones are out. A lot of the time, Mm -hmm. I always, I know it sounds bizarre, but this is probably what this is, I've said this is why I have a podcast. I talk to myself a lot, so I end up like having a conversation, like I'm Mm -hmm. talking. To myself, and then they might think you're crazy, so they ain't coming near you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I'm,
0: crazy. Like, I'm just making my plans for like when I get home. I'm like, so there's chips in the house, this you put this in the oven. I'm not talking out loud, but loud enough for only me to hear, unless you walk by me, you know what I mean? I, but I, somebody who sees you from a distance might think, Well, she might be nuts, but.
2: <laughs> yes funny um yeah so so yeah so for me um what I usually do or have done is I'm, i always make sure if I'm walking in the dark um or if it's getting dark I always make sure to speak to someone on the phone mm. um I obviously you yeah, have be aware and vigilant of your surroundings. I'm always looking over my shoulders just in case. Um, I don't like wearing headphones either because obviously you need to be aware of your surroundings. Um what else? Yeah, oh I've had um, keys and keys in between yeah. the fingers as well. Yeah, yeah, done that. Um yeah, I think that's that's pretty much um the steps that I've taken, but I do actually have a few friends who have rape alarms yeah um and I've never it's not to be honest I've never myself I have thought about having one but I do think it is a very good idea um mm. to have one it's sad that, it's sad that we even need to think about this stuff but yeah. I think it is I think it is um key and I think it is a good idea to have a rape alarm or you know I'm so, oh, sorry. I just remembered something else. I don't know if, if you guys have seen that on um, iPhone that there's a setting to that you can put on your phone. Yeah, alert yeah. the emergency services, isn't it? You like, I think it's like you tap, hold your lock button five times. You press it five times, and then it, it automatically calls your emergency contacts and the emergency services. So that I set up on my phone. So that's also another good tip. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, It's
1: that's a
0: really good one. And mm-hmm. one that I would say, like, if you know you're going somewhere and you're probably going to be back late and, like, you're walking back, mm. I always tend to, like, wear something bright-coloured and noticeable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, because, again, like, if, I don't know, maybe it's just the dark skin in me that I'm, like, I need to pop. But <laughs> if you're walking, yes, <laughs> of course, you want to be in, like, recognisable, something that someone can be, like, oh, this is what she was wearing.
2: And oh, they can I yeah. I
0: mean. and so they can identify you easily. So yeah. even if it's like that's why Loki like glow-in-the-dark parties are loki pretty dope because <laughs> <laughs> you an outfit and <laughs> then step on the streets and people will be following me. But mm. so I used to I remember I used to like if I'd go out, I would take like the one jacket that I knew was a bit colourful, or I would wear a funky mm. leggings or something, like something that just it's out of, So it's not just, oh, she was wearing a black jeans. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Like,
0: people would, something that would distinctly make you recognisable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, that's I've like, never, I've never really thought about that myself. Mm-hmm. Really, Yeah. That's like a worst mm-hmm. case of the worst case scenario situation.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: It's one of those things where it's just like, like if I was to go outside now, I'll feel better because this is bright and comfy Mm. and like yeah so things like that i think would also help
2: Mm. get yourself a
0: bright colored something that you can wear on on nights when you go in places
2: yeah Yeah.
1: i I think for me the one that i i do quite a lot is i always share my live location on whatsapp with like my partner Mm -hmm. or a friend or something to say you know i'm i'm going home now this is this is where i am And then obviously if your location suddenly changes, um, then that kind of alerts that person. Mm -hmm. Or if, you know, you you manage to keep your phone on you, then at least they can track that device. Mm -hmm. Again, thinking a little bit worst case scenario, but I think it always reassures me a little bit when I have that live so that my housemates or whoever it is know that I am actually on my way home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. I think...
0: I do that especially when I'm somewhere new. Like if I go, mm-hmm. you know, like if you go on holiday with your friends and somehow maybe you guys get separated or there's somebody who's gone home earlier or whatever it is. Yeah. That would be like oh, a new situation mm-hmm. to just be like, mm-hmm. yo, do you guys want to share your location with me or with each other? So you, just in case, again, mm-hmm. or worst case scenario things, but mm-hmm. these are the things that I definitely think we all like women need to do. Even not just yeah. women, like any... Anybody needs to do this for their safety, to be fair.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Know, and you're trusted. Yeah. People. And I also like the
2: text me when you get home message that you can send your friends when mm. you hang out together. Yeah. So oh my gosh. A- every time. Every time. Yeah. honestly. listening. And every time I, I leave my friends and like, let me know when you get home, get home safe every time. And it's like an automatic, it's like a reflex. It's just an automatic thing it, it, and they, that we do. How we say it
0: before this I know it's not before this happened even when we say it, it's not like I know I I don't I've never said it in the like oh something bad might happen to you but then Mm -hmm. when it happened I was like oh that is why we say it because of so if something like if something like this ever happened do we have any more tips anything anything that you've heard other people do that you've probably not done
1: Um, yeah. So the other one that I'd heard, um, um, and was recommended to me during my uni days as well was, um, there is a nail polish that you can wear that detects that there's a drug in your drink. If you like, if you, for instance, just put it on your pinky finger and you put it in and it turns a certain color means that someone has, um, tried to spike you. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think
1: I was told on probably a few occasions oh you might want to sort of do this um yeah particularly during my my uni days
2: It just yeah it's just reminding me as well like when I I first started going out clubbing um one of the things that my mum always used to say to me is don't ever leave your drink alone don't ever leave it alone always have Mm -hmm. it with you and it's like that's what we've been told for since since I I was, you know, probably before I was 18, uh, or like when I first started in clubbing.
0: I guess this is for people either going into uni to begin with, at the beginning of uni, everybody's excited for their independence and their freedom. Mm, Yeah. Actually those who started uni during COVID times, when things on loose, like uh, when we're out of restrictions and clubs open and all of this stuff, y'all need to learn. to not just yeah. don't just let loose yes you want to get crunk and drunk that's your own business please like you got to do it reasonably if you know you're going to be you want to like I don't know if what's the word they use to like get just oblivious drunk I don't know tell a friend we, we I, to I plan to be drunk mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't advise you to. i'm be. gonna be paralytic tonight <laughs> you know what i mean like if he's like, tonight i plan on drinking a lot if that's what you want just tell your friend i'm not saying yeah. like, i'm not yeah. getting drunk and drinking a lot but you know what i mean let your mm-hmm. friend know so they can know to be sober or sober enough to be able to look after you because yeah. also like i know you've not had the whole freshers' experience and all of that stuff even mm. then, that's when all them predators out there will want to take advantage and just go go loose in the club. So make sure number one, just have trusted people around you, people who you yeah. know are looking out for you and your best interest, and you are also looking out for them. So your girlfriends, if, I'm not saying just girls, mm-hmm. guys as well, your guy friends. Make oh, sure, yeah, you
1: yeah,
0: know. yeah, trust them enough. Number one, that they're not the ones spiking your drinks. Because Mm -hmm. there could be some shady people out there
2: that you think Mm -hmm. are your
0: friends, but they ain't your friends. Uh, Number two, for them to be able to look after you in case something happens.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's gotta like get it together. Like I don't care how young, how like oh yes, I've been clubbing before. No, mm -hmm. people have been locked up for a whole dang year. People are—you don't know what's been going on in their private lives for that whole Mm -hmm. year. People could be messed up coming out of this and just trying a whole lot of. Inhumane situation. So, I just say look after yourselves, please, please.
2: Yeah, and just to add to that as well, I'd say make sure if you're leaving a club, do not go home alone. I think that's a really important thing.
1: Yeah, I think
2: like I, I for me, like um, I always made sure that I was with one of my friends. That we always used to stay together. That me and and we just always make sure that we're both going home together. You yeah. know, um, because that's another thing you just don't know what can happen. And, and with taxi drivers as well, that's another thing. There's, mm-hmm. You hear things about taxi drivers yeah. and that makes you not, Like I don't know about you guys, but for me, it made me scared to be in a taxi on my own. I was like, yeah. I don't, don't want to be in a taxi on my own now. Or mm. If I ever was, then I would just I would always be on the phone. Yeah, and, no matter what or following the, lo, my location on google maps to make sure that I'm like yeah, actually yeah. Going I,
0: the even, way. even in the daytime yeah. I'm here like um can I go to the train station please I'm sober as heck but I'm like google and then yeah you don't know <laughs> and you're like oh, how is this going to lead me to the station please mm. like I always do that either like always
1: There was one other thing I wanted to add, actually, because when you were talking, I was just thinking, like, I know how um, when we think about the Sarah Everest, when we talk about public places, we're thinking about kind of outdoors and parks and things. But actually, I think another public space, which um, is now more addressed than it used to be, but it's still not um, good enough, is the workplace um, with male colleagues. And I don't know about you both, but pretty much every single place that I've worked in since I finished uni, I've had inappropriate comments from men that I've worked with who are normally considerably older than I was. I'm not going to obviously name names, but I think a job, um, not not my current role, but a previous role, which again, I won't go into. There mm. was a guy who was about sort of 12 years older than I was and he he was like he he would sort of be a little bit flirty at work and in that space. But then when we go on work drinks, he then became really inappropriate because it was technically outside the office. And um there was an occasion where he invited me back to his house, um, but oh. to go and see his um whips and chains in his dungeon. Um and he, he said like so he said so blase to me he was like oh yeah come back to mine you know come check oh, my out God. my whips really yeah. oh. and my chains yeah but he was being like quite serious about it and he was like oh, yeah. yeah yeah and like I'd only known this guy for like a handful of months if that and it was very inappropriate. It was a lot older than me. And I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you, and you don't know what to do in that situation yeah. as well. It's so awkward. And it's that mm. in-between space between actually physically being the office and then you're at work, like you're at work drinks, but you're technically outside. And then, you know, where's the line and...
0: Oh no! that line is oh that line I think that line is the same either. I don't
1: think he knows what that line is, but
0: yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I think guys need to know like the line is the same. I mm. also think like hiding behind. I don't know if it's a men thing, if it's a British men thing, or anything. But like, I hate the term banter. Like I actually hate that term mm. because everything is hidden behind. Oh, it's just banter. Oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. Oh, it's
1: just like. Yeah.
0: No, for every ism that there is, so when I say ism, like sexism, mm-hmm. race, racism, all the isms, somebody is always making a joke about it, about a yeah. joke that obviously is offensive, but it's like, oh, it's just banter, and it's like, no, that's a telltale sign that that's what they actually think, sure. unless yeah. you're a comedian who knows how to like, you know how I like, I like comedians who are able to. But, like, there's a way, I feel like professional comedians know how to kind of make it work. To be it's like, like
2: a valid, yeah,
0: yeah, there's a, there's a, sure. the, yeah. So yeah. most of them, most of them, when they make such sort of jokes, are actually being sarcastic, though. Which, yeah, I mean, we yeah. know. Yeah. like, like, you know,
1: stereotypes or like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. You, like, it's, we know it's sarcastic. So we're like, oh, so mm-hmm. we just take it because we know they don't mean it. But when you're not a freaking comedian, don't, don't, don't say any of what you're saying right now because that's not yeah. funny anymore it's not it was never funny to begin with but because society has made you feel like oh you're the jokester of the group you think it's okay yeah. to keep going like that is not okay banter is not an excuse it's never. like it's like someone saying they hide like because then you're giving yourself the excuse to hide behind some kind of ignorance when it, you're not ignorant. you know what you're saying
1: yeah you know what you're
0: saying is not okay that's why you feel like you can hide behind the funny but it's not mm. either so
2: mm.
0: yeah i think with workplace situations just as we we are continuing the fight on the whole on racism and being anti-racist and all of that stuff i think the same thing is to apply when it comes to sexist behavior and sex and Definitely. anything gender related mm.
1: When guys are out and about and it's evening, there are things that you can do as well to make women feel safe. So, you know, if you're going down the street and a woman's on her own, maybe hang back just a bit to give her that breathing space because although you you know that you're not going to do anything... She doesn't know that and yeah. will automatically think, is this guy safe? If it's not safe, it's always on your radar if someone's mm-hmm. behind you. So I think hanging back is like a good thing that you can do. And also you can always cross the road. So you're on the other side of the road to the woman. So again, she's got that, that space and a bit more of a boundary. So she yeah. feels safer. Or if you see a woman that's like, you know, a bit drunk, she's on her own, ask her like, oh, do you need me? You know, have you got a friend that's, that's near it. you? Mm-hmm. You know, should I call your friends for you? You can help in that way as well, um, to try and look out for you know women that you see.
0: I have seen incidents where a girl, like I've seen some, maybe I I think I was coming back from the library or something, and this girl was pretty drunk. And I could this guy was literally like, can I help you? And the girl was like, don't touch me. And she was like shouting and was like, I just want to know, like, are you okay? But then I realized like, if it was, so I then, I literally had to tell him like, it's fine. I'll, I'll like figure because then when I went to talk to her and I was like mm-hmm. you're drunk do you have any friends she was like no I don't know my friends are blah, blah. and then I was like okay that's why she like responded calmly towards me but yeah. I, I feel like mm-hmm. the instinct in her was like oh my god this guy is coming to me I'm not yeah. okay. he might yeah. try to do that might so I think if a guys if you're in the group and you have a female friend there and you see such a thing maybe send the female friend to just go check yeah. On her, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's like just to be like, "Hey, are you okay? Is there anybody we can call for you?" Kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway,
0: that's it. Yeah. We're gone for like an hour and a half, y'all.
2: <laughs> I know. It's on that we can talk, on, talk about for a long time. Yeah.
0: But you know what? At the end of the day, as long as we as individuals are doing our part to kind of move that needle no matter how tiny it is in the mm. right direction yeah it. and yeah. um that's why i like this podcast i'm li- i'm looking like do i even need to edit this i might just edit like the mini gaps in between but <laughs> we might as well <laughs> <do>. <laughs> we it all out. thank you very much for joining oh this just really today. good it was so much fun and yeah. i'm hoping obviously when this comes out, everybody is able to pick up one or two lessons from it. Thank you for,
1: for having thank us, you. Um, no problem. yeah, yeah thank you, you so,
2: so much on your platform. No problem. But now, yeah. thank goodbye. you so much. I love you both.